0: And um, one of my my middle daughter, she's, uh works for the RSPCA and she's yeah. an animal welfare officer. And um, she, we were moping around, you know, it was a big trauma. And she was like, you need to get another dog. She said, the only way you're going to get over this is to get another dog. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And she said, oh, you need to get a staffie. She said, there's lots of staffies, they really need homes. Mm. So I was like, okay, I I don't think so. And I said, I think they're quite aggressive dogs, you know? Yeah. And my daughter went mad and she said, you're part of the problem. And and she told me, she said, like, you know, they're fantastic dogs. It's the owners and et cetera. So I went away and I investigated it and I found out, you know, that they were the nanny dog, that they were, you know, let's look after the children when the, parents were working and the men went out to war and you know they had a big history but yeah they they they're a tough little dog
1: this will be the first time that most of the podcast interview will be spent talking about a dog not just any ordinary dog though a very special dog with a powerful story in fact about a dozen powerful stories so far his name is Dodger Dog and he has a really special mission. If you've enjoyed this story, then please feel free to donate to Dodger Dog. His Just Giving link is in the show notes. Dodger Dog came into Karen's life at a very special time. And thanks to her, she's helping many young people and old with the magic of Dodger Dog. Enjoy Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Hey Karen, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about your different projects that you're doing. Um, some very special ones as well, I know. So um yeah, nice to have you. How are you? You know what? Thanks
0: for inviting me. Really excited to be with you. Anywhere where there's a VW camper van, you can find me. So, like, I was very excited to be invited. And uh, thanks, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, it's one day I'll own one of those. Oh, no, tell me about it.
0: A really <laughs> high-end,
1: really beautiful one, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I'd like, yeah. Yeah, no, tell me. I, 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 I'm waiting for the electric one to come out. Do you know what I mean? So... Oh, an, yeah. old, an old-fashioned one, but electric, that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that would
0: be cool, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't like to say how much that would be, though.
1: No, exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, one day, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, Karen, um, I always get everybody who comes on the show to talk about their past lives. <laughs> 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 but we have so many lives in a lifetime, um, we'd love to hear where it all began for you. So where were you born? Have you moved around? A bit about your education, et cetera. So over to you, Karen.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. So, <clears throat> well, I'm a Londoner. You would never guess by the accent, I guess. So born and bred, I've lived in London but and worked in London all my life. So I was born in the 60s. Um, And I was born in Battersea in South London and uh, to teenage parents. And um, my granddad, he um, got them to make a decision on what they did. And one of the choices for me was luckily that they would get married. So they got married on my mother's birthday. Um, It's a sweet birthday, sweet, um, (laughs) sweet 16. So they got wow. married on that day, yeah. And I was born, you know, a little, little bit after.
1: Hmm.
0: So both teenagers and obviously thrown together by that. So we lived with my grandparents, like, for the first 10 years of my life. And they saved up to get themselves, you know, on the property ladder. It was an important thing. So they did. They saved up, bought a house. And um, then they had my brother. And we. my dad was a builder. So he did lots of building work, decorating work, ran his own business for many years, and I suppose that might be where the entrepreneurial side of me sort of came out. So I used to, you know, be a very lively child. I used to have lots of hobbies. I used to do all different classes, clubs. I was in the brownies. I was in the girl guides. I used to uh, be in the St. John's Ambulance Brigade as a cadet. And I I used to like always get involved and want to do things, you know. Yeah. And um, I suppose it carried me through at school, you know, I used to do quite a bit of um, acting at school and I was always cast as the bad girl, you know, or the the witch or in, in like any sort of story where there was a baddie, I was always the baddie. I think I longed to be the princess, but. Like I was yeah. always really the witch, so I think it was because I was too loud to be the princess, <laughs> and I suppose my life carried on at like that. And um, when I was 16, like I, I wanted to leave school, and I, I didn't really like school. No. And um, I thought that, you know, like the time off before your GCSEs was time to just do whatever you wanted and relax before you had some exams. Yeah. So I didn't do very well at school. I got three GCSEs um English literature and language so English language was mainly that I could speak English and another language and I think I don't know how yeah. I managed to pass yeah. um, <clears throat> then English literature was an interesting one I had to read um Far From the Madding Crowd and I had to read um, Romeo and Juliet so I bought the keynotes that help you, you know, when you're reading the book to pass your exam. So I just read the keynotes. I never actually read either of the books and right. I passed. <laughs> so oh. then keynotes are good, like kids, you know, read keynotes. They're meant to assist you, but I, I chose to use them because they were yeah. like this thin. They were like this thin and the book was this thick. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go with that one.
1: Yeah, Anyway, good.
0: Anyway, I loved cookery, so I did a lot of cookery and I still do. And that was my biggest achievement. I got a B in cookery, so uh, two seasons well, a B. And I decided, like you know, I wanted to um, just get get out and earn some money. Now I always wanted to be a nurse. As I said, I was in the St John Ambulance brigade. I used to volunteer in hospitals, and it was the aim really to go into nursing. But at sixteen, you had to wait till you was eighteen. So I thought, I'm going to get a job first. Yeah. So I got a job. And I, and I started to work for NatWest, RBS, at 16. Right. And I worked up in the West End. I worked in Tottenham Court Road. And, at 16? Um, yeah, that was with the days, eh? My God. So <laughs> I loved it. I loved it, okay? Uh, I used to go dance in Leicester Square every Friday night. I used to blow all my wages on handbags <laughs> and shoes. And yeah. I lived at home. And, like, you know what? It, it was a great life. And after two years, then I could become a nurse. But in them two years, I was earning quite a good salary, you know, for my age, yeah. and it was way more than a, a trainee nurse would get. Yeah. And I met a boy and, you know, <laughs> I decided not to go into nursing. So I carried on and, and I got married. I got married at 19. So I look like a right wild child. So I got married at 19. And uh, we moved into a council flat, and the girl on the corner next door she had a baby, so I thought, well, that looks good. I think <laughs> I'll have some of that.
1: <laughs> so I had
0: my son when I was twenty. Wow! And um, then I had two. I've got. I've got. A, well, my son's thirty-seven, and I've got a thirty-five-year-old and a thirty-one-year-old. So that's what I did, and I had a career break in that time. From my job with NatWest, so they, they used to give you like a five-year gap. So I squeezed the children into that gap, and I went back to work for them after that when I had the children because money was tight, um, and yeah. um, that was that is what I needed to do. So I went back. Um, my marriage lasted the first marriage, you know, like twelve years, and then I we split up always. Mm. Raise the children together, but I continued with my career in banking. Lucky I had my secure job, and yeah. all was good. And then I, in the end, I remarried. I've been married twenty-five years actually. Next year, so I sort of uh, spent quite a big proportion of my life married or having children. Brilliant. And um, when I did get divorced, I just needed to focus really and get money. And that's yeah. when in the bank I started to really get climbing up the ladder. So I went from you know, like being a cashier to being a counter manager to being an assistant manager to being like um, all different jobs, like managerial until I got my first branch. I became a, a branch manager and yeah. then I became an area manager. And so I became quite a senior manager in the end. And so I had a really yeah. great career including the career break, you know, my career actually spanned 34 years. So I joined at 16 and I left sort of for good at 50. That was in 2013. Right. I did all jobs, you know, lots, everything. But the last five years I was managing um, people, doing courses about people management. So I was coaching Mm -hmm. and mentoring and developing managers that were, over you know like over a certain level and yeah. also some executive coaching to quite senior people in the bank and at 50 um there was a brown envelope and I thought well I, I shall take that and I decided to leave right. um in 2013 and my life I'd always been maybe a bit different as a bank manager I was always about the people and the customers and people has always been a you know managing people working in teams has always been important to me and Mm -hmm. um I decided to start my own business so I started G development which is coaching and training and development and uh, mentoring business which is what I was sort of in and um Basically, I had six months gardening leave, so I couldn't really do anything at first. So what I did was I joined the Samaritans and I became a Samaritan in that time. Mm -hmm. And we always had pets. I've I've grown up. Ever since I was a child, we always had a dog, a cat, and my, my married life's never been much different. And we had two Dalmatians at that time that we'd had from when the kids were little. And um, they passed away when I was leaving the bank in in 48 hours, the two of them. And it was like a big, horrific, you know, thing. And um, one of my, my middle daughter, she's uh, works for the RSPCA and she's an animal welfare officer. And um, we were moping around, you know, it was a big trauma. And she was like, you need to get another dog. She said, the only way you're going to get over this is to get another dog. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And she said, oh, you need to get a staffie. She said, there's lots of staffies. They really need homes. Mm. So I was like, okay, I, I don't think so. And I said, I think they're quite aggressive dogs, you know. Yeah. And my daughter went mad and she said, you're part of the problem. And I, she told me, she said, like, you know, they're fantastic dogs. It's the owners and et cetera. So I went away and I investigated it. And I found out, you know, that they were the nanny dog, that they were, you know, let's look after the children when the parents were working and the men went out to war and, you know, they had a big history. But, yeah, they're a tough little dog. Yeah. And they're used in dog fighting, not because they like to fight, but they've got quite a grip. So when they latch on, they don't let go and things like that. So they've been a victim of their own sort of look because people thought that if you've got a tough dog, you're tough. So it was interesting. I said to my daughter, okay, look, we'll get get a staff, yeah, like, you know, hands up, like, I think that, yeah, that, you know, I'm going to get a staff. So basically she said, right, okay, there's lots of staff, so I'm going to find you, like, lovely staff. And um, as I said, well, that year I was 50 and I had a big trip for a month planned and um, like a week or two before, she says, right, I found you. This staff is lovely. And I said, yeah, well, I'm going away for a month and it's a bit irresponsible, you know. So yeah. I think I'm going to have to wait until I come home. Yeah. And I did have older children who would have looked after it at home, but I thought, oh, you know what, I'd rather be there. So she said, well, there's, they come along, you know, all the time. So she said, don't worry, I'll get another one. This one is really cute, but, you know, don't worry. So I went off on my trip, yeah, come back. And like a week later, she's on the phone. She said, that staff is still at the Harmsworth, at the Harmsworth Animal Hospital. And um, she said, like, you know, I don't know how much longer he's been there. He's been there, like he'd been there now then for like five weeks. And um I said, okay, okay. I said, all right, then what do we have to do, you know, if we want to adopt him? And she's like, I've got him in the van and I'm putting him on my way home. So <laughs> I was like, okay, um, right, all right. So then. he
1: basically been waiting all that time. He waited you... for
0: me, yeah. He's waiting for me now. He's looking at me. I'm just trying to make him come over and say hello to everyone, but I will do before. Yeah, we yeah, and we must see him. So we got Dodger. And Dodger was a cute little puppy. Someone drove up to the Harmsworth and they just said they found him in the street and they left him there, basically. And they said, well, no, we don't take healthy dogs. And they went, well, I don't care. You know, you do what you want. And he sort of tried to follow him back to his car, Dodger. And um, the nurse, the kennel maid, they grabbed him, got him in there, Found out that he'd got septic mange, which is um like a skin condition that a lot of foxes yeah. have got. You know, yeah. if you see a fox with a bald tail, then they normally got septic mange. Anyway, right. so we got him home and he was just adorable. And and I was on this six months gardening leave um because that was at the time then I got made redundant, literally, yeah. also the day I came back from the holiday. Yeah. And um I've become a Samaritan, so I decided to start raising some money for the Samaritans and I decided to do a walk with my daughter. It's 25K mm-hmm. and um, I have to tell you I was very overweight, very. I've lost five stone since wow. that them days um, and um, one of the first things, that yeah, so I did this walk actually being really overweight and really unhealthy, but he was my coach and mentor, you know, Dodger. And he used to walk with me every day and we built it up to when I was walking about in the end, 22K, I was okay. And then we, we had the walk and it was one of those um, canal path ones, you know, all along the canal yes, in yeah. London. So it was yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, finished it in five hours, which uh, it wasn't, that's not very fast, <laughs> but still yeah. uh, we, we finished it and we did it and um that's when I started to think about, you know, I looked for a few jobs and I I just sort of didn't, I thought, you know, I'm going to make a big change and that's when I decided to be self-employed. And yeah. one of the things I did was I wrote a little, you know, a couple of, I think I, I wrote three short stories about Dodger. Mm. So all of Dodger's books are tr- true based on truth. So I wrote the one about how he was abandoned and rescued. Yeah. And um, I made it that, you know, when he got his forever home, he's going to be the best little dog he could possibly be. Yeah, And he was like, when we used to go out for walks, he used to love other dogs. He used to have a few friends he played ball with. And he was like a really friendly little dog, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote the first story on him being abandoned but then him being forgiving you know and 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 wanting to be happy and wanting to share and wanting to have friends so I wanted to teach children you know that sort of like bad things can happen but you can be happy you know things can change and then I wanted to mix it in with the fact that he was a staffy and you know he got a bad reputation So little did I know how it would even evolve then, but that was like the vision, you know. So in the book we talked about sharing and playing and and it was all true. It was all things he did, you know. Mm. And then the second book I wrote was um, a true story. So one day we went over the marshes and um, Dodger, Dodger was about six months old when we got him. He was about seven months and I used to let him off the lead and he used to run off and, like, come back and I used to blow a whistle, he used to come back. Anyway, this day it had been snowing and he didn't come back. Oh. And I was lost him for about quarter of an hour, couldn't find him. Anyway, yeah. he'd run down to the riverbank and there was all litter and all that. And he, he'd, like, somehow managed to fall into the River Lee. Well, oh, yeah. And I climbed, in the end I heard him crying and I got to him. There was cans, bottles all around him and he was sucking under. Anyway, I pulled him out and then we couldn't get back up the riverbank and I called my daughter. she came and got us and helped us. And I wrote that story, which was about that, and it was like, don't run off when you're in, you know, out to children you know it's dangerous yeah um, don't drop litter like it's dangerous talked about the ducks living in the water talked yeah. about not going close to the water's edge and that was like my second book Dodge Dog's muddy mistake and then <laughs> we decided to get Brilliant. a second dog as i said we had two before and one of those dalmatians was deaf so there was a dog at Southridge. Um, she's called Shane now, but her name was Holly, and she she was a she. You know, the, sorry, the phone keeps dinging. So everybody seems to be ringing me,
1: but <laughs>
0: it always happens,
1: does Yeah, it? you went silent so, for a second, then yeah.
0: Yeah, apologies. No, right. no worries. So basically, what happened was. Um, I wrote one. That we we got Shay. Shay's deaf. Uh, she's a Staffy. She's half Staff and then the other half is Sharpei and German Shepherd. So she's a bit of a mixture, a bit of a Heinz fifty-seven. Right. But she she was deaf, and I'd had a deaf dog. So Purdy, my one of my Dalmatians, was deaf. So right. I, I know dog sign language, and I, and I was you know I'd had Purdy for fifteen years. So I decided to get a deaf dog. So Going in the ilk of the two books that I'd written, then I naturally wrote Shay's rescue story, and that was like Dodger getting a sister, Dodger's sister's got a disability. Uh, So they are a mixture of like dog welfare, dog is for life, and then values and behaviours, you know, for the kids. Mm. So that's how I started, and um, they were just my little stories. But what happened was I started to think about illustrating them when I started my own business, I started to think about the books, and um, I joined networking, and I started networking. And when I was networking, I met Kim Weimer, so she's yeah. the illustrator uh, of the Dodger Doc books. Simply by chance, she used to do murals for people in like right. kids' walls, and so I said, "Oh, I wonder if you could draw like cartoon Dodger." And I gave her pictures of Dodger, the real Dodger, and. And she sort of made the pictures from that, and we struck up a friendship, and, and and that's just history now, really. So fantastic! Yeah, I wrote more books. We started out doing little events with a pasting table and some homemade dog cookies and a few balloons, and now we have a you know a double gazebo. It's blingy. We do crafts and we do the national pet show. We do markets and events pre COVID. Yes. Although we did a few um, events, then you know, in the um, during the time we did, we did more markets last year, and yes. we're going back Friday actually. So we right. we got merchandise. We got we've got actually eleven books now um, that wow. are stories, and we've got four activity books which are all also educational. There's one about the environment, and you. Colouring, mm. it, it's all linked. And one about being healthy and a bit of COVID, wash your paws. And then the stories are, well, those three books that I spoke about, they're all published. So that's um, How I Became Dodger Dog, Dodger Dog's yeah. Muddy mm. Mistake, and When Dodger Meets Shay, so that's her mm. rescue story. Yeah. And then I, I started to, I wrote one about brief specific legislation so going back to what I said about my, my opinion of the staff, you know, that my misguided thoughts, I wrote a book about breed-specific legislation, which is a law in this country yes. where if they believe that your dog, which on average is a staff, uh, looks like a pit bull, the police can seize it they can put it in kennels it could be destroyed or it could have um like have to wear a muzzle never be let off the lead again in public you know you have to have fences you're legally owning that dog so if the dog goes anything happens like you're you could be prosecuted but some of these dogs are seized in very quite aggressive um sort of encounters some puppies are seized, right, and the dog doesn't do anything. it's just by what it looks like, yeah, of course. and they can spend the first year of their life or a year of their life in police kennels or in you know mm. in isolation, and it's a very costly process for the taxpayer and takes a lot of police court time, and it hasn't ever affected any kind of um aggression in dogs. it hasn't really done anything, so that we met people who were campaigning. So Dodger, we got onto that with um, Dodger Dog Learns Something New. Yeah. And it talks about it, explains to children about the law, but again, don't judge people by their appearance, don't judge people by their reputation. So it kind of always links, you know, you both Yeah, yeah, ways. it
1: makes sense, yeah. Totally. So we
0: did that, and actually Dodger's got a video on, um, It's well, it's on YouTube, Dodger's I Love Dodger Dog YouTube page, and uh, Dodger's the um, dog and bone man, and instead of singing um, human, he sings canine, and it's got the words change that I changed. So, yeah, if anyone's interested in hearing about Dodger's mission, and that's what yeah. we talk about, we talk about, Dodger's on a mission, you know, to change perception, to change people, to be kind. It's cool to be kind. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. So we've got books about the oceans. We've got books about the caravan, which is about the beach and country code. We've got a book about death, which we had so many requests in the end to write a book about death, to teach children about death and bereavement. And strangely, that was released um last
1: march so right.
0: um, yeah like that was a really you know that was we released our crufts actually the last crufts before right, lockdown
1: right. that was timely wasn't it?
0: and that even that is like everything's a true story so dodger loves the caravan um dodger's uh brother who's a cat his name's walt he features in the books um his sister got hit by a car so she did it. she's um my dad's cat And she's Walt's sister because they were all born in his back garden to a stray cat. And um, Susie, unfortunately, one morning she didn't come in for breakfast and my dad found her as she was in the road and she Um. died. So we use that story to talk about that death and the family and then that was an an accident, and then we had one about another cat, Donald, what we used to have, and that was an illness. And we explain about burials and funerals, and it's all very honest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No cat or kittens gone to the farm or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's the truth, and yeah. the way it was very well researched. Um, so yeah, and Dodger wow. Dog finds a job. Well, I suppose that's the piece to the story that i haven't told you about so dodger is a pet therapy dog now mm. Mm. and um his, he goes to residential homes he goes to secure mental health units he works with dementia patients brain injury patients children um in fact he won an award last february and he's what they call um a bart's health hero so he goes to hospitals and places within Bart's Health here in London so yeah. probably people might know that's where um, Prince Philip was wasn't he in Bart's right right yeah, yeah yeah so he goes there to radiology to intensive care it merely hasn't been since last March but he's no. waiting to get back there so one of his books Dodger Dog
1: Finds His Job He's been on well. furlough has he
0: yeah furlough (laughs) yeah very good i should use that i'm I'm gonna use that now okay that'll be on twitter before you can put the phone down on this yeah so uh,
1: that's the best example of furlough i've ever heard
0: (laughs) he's been in the metro he's been like on all different things he's had stuff there's videos about his journey but basically you know he's such a loving little dog and he loves people and oh wow. He, he, so he does that and um yeah, we've been we was doing that and he and he won it was the first dog to be nominated for a hero award. So every year all the NHSs, they have heroes and it's always yes. like nurses doctors or you know yeah. people who get nominated by patients and other yeah. stuff. So Dodger was nominated and um Dodger, he, well he went to the dinner he had a tux he <laughs> went there uh, he thought he was snoop dog because he had a, a blingy collar with dodger in diamantes on it and a dart of Diamonty lead and a tux so yeah he, he snoop dogged it out he was very uh keeping with the this. staff you know the staff image and oh um God. in that work actually we've we've done a lot of work we've kids who've been stabbed victims, uh, kids who've gunshots, uh, acid attacks. So we go to the trauma unit and Mm. we, you know, we talk about, again, that he's got a tough image, but you don't need to be tough. And, you know, he doesn't fight, you know, he's got a reputation that staff's fired, but he doesn't fight. So, Mm. We're kind – we're trying to work with all these different people to get them to realise, you know, that um, violence and we go into schools, um, we read our books in schools, and um, so we're just trying to get this message across of love, kindness. My latest book that's been illustrated now is called um, Dodger Dog Chooses Happiness – So, again, it's about teaching children that happiness is a choice and how to stay happy. So it's think of things to look forward to, talk. So we've got one about anti-bullying, that's about talking. So my work with the Samaritans and the work that I've done with some of the mental health places as well with Dodger, we've learned a lot and we try to put, mental health is a quite of a forefront as well in in some of the books like the um the one about death dodger dog says goodbye and that's got a lot of mental health things to support children you know
1: yeah through yeah. grief
0: so yeah we just kind of going wow. on and on and, so and just I'm trying on, to spread I'm the word
1: brilliant it sounds just amazing and You've made such a career for him, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. What what where did his name come from or what does it mean? Does it mean anything? Uh, it
0: does mean something, yeah. So um probably get me put put away at some stage if I make it big in America. So right, Dodgers dad, my husband, is a big baseball fan. Right. And he sports the LA Dodgers. Right. So when we got Dodger, he just wanted to call him Dodger, yeah. So in the books, it's funny, right? So he's in, it, in the books, he's Dodger Dog, yeah. But he's he's not really called Dodger; he's called Dodger. And then my my other dog, who we adopted, she's called Shay. So Shay is Shay Stadium; it's a baseball
1: stadium, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, it wasn't when they were named; it wasn't going to become what it is. But again. I wanted everything to be truthful. So they're their names. That's what they're called, actually. But yeah. it's kind of funny. It, it's really worked well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Because I was, because when, when we first got in touch, I was kind of researching it and I was just like, really, really curious about it.
0: Um, yeah. It, so they're all, their names are true. Their names are real. And yeah. basically, um, that's why. We, we named them after the baseball thing really just because, you know, it was just my husband's choice. So, but I call him Dodger Dog and, and the books are available in other languages. We're trying to get them all in. Right. So we've got them in Spanish and we've got them uh, uh, French, German. We've actually got one in Norwegian, which is, I know it's a bit random, but my daughter's learning Norwegian and she wanted me to put them in Norwegian. So I did. Um, but, so he's, he's Dodger in all the foreign language books, uh, yeah. but that we ch- we let the dog be the language. So he's Dodger El Perro, and he's Dodger Shen, he's Dodger Hund. So they always change the dog, but they always leave the names. So it's kind of cute, really, I think. God,
1: got you, yeah. Have you got? Have you done one in Dutch yet? No, I'll have to do one in Dutch when I... No, there's I'm not that many around that in. in the Netherlands, yeah. I mean, it would be Dodger Hond, H O N D. Yeah, so funny
0: that Hond, but it's H U N D in German, German and yes. in Norwegian.
1: Oh, right. Right. So, yeah. like, I suppose it doesn't
0: change much. No. But I like Dodger, I like Dodger El Perro. Because yeah. It, I, it reminds me of Antonio Banderas when he's the cat. You know? Oh
1: yes, 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 yes. And it's yes.
0: like Dodger El Perro, and I imagine him like <laughs> El Perro. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, very cool. So this must be a full time job, Dodger.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, basically, the life, the lifestyle I lead is one you know that's very busy, even in um, lockdown. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, so I'm a. i am I was a regional leader for London for for networking for a networking organisation. Yeah. And I would always did that. And then when lockdown happened, they went online. You know, so yeah. they're like in Teams type, Zoom meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I became a host and an ambassador for looking after, well, seven groups. Whoa. Um, a week, and Ooh. then with the volunteering because. Dodger was furloughed as you yeah. <laughs> and um I wasn't. So basically I began the first last year. I all through the lockdown, I was a an NHS befriender, and that right. was because yeah. of some of our work with one of the secure units that we could visit. And I had five clients, and um what I did was I um I befriended them and I used to speak to them twice a week for half an hour, five different people. And um, basically just looked after them where some of their mental health things were um, not, you know, not so much. There were people who were real people, the carers Mm. maybe. So what we did was that I joined that volunteering and I was doing that. And then, I did a few markets when it eased, but I, do, I did a lot more online stuff and things yes. like that. So yeah. I did that volunteering yeah. as well. And then this year, after Christmas, um, I began volunteering at the vaccine centre at the Excel. So, mm-hmm. in fact, I was there this morning. So I do two days a week at the vaccine centre um, I do the, the, the networking thing. I've got clients, coaching clients that I do on Zoom. And so, yeah, I've been busy. I've kept myself out of trouble. Um,
1: <laughs> so I've, I've got so many questions. Um, so whilst, whilst we're still on Dodger, what's the best way then for people to support your work that you're doing with Dodger? What, what, how can people support that? Share that with us. Well, of course, you you can buy
0: Dodger's books, and twenty five percent of any profits we we give to diff, we work with all different rescues. We've got soft toys that we sell where a hundred percent of the pro, uh, profits goes to um, dog rescues, children's charities, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's we do a lot of stuff. We're looking to become a foundation, the Dodger Dog Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to do, like, rescue work, supporting rescues, supporting a lot of smaller charities as well, and um, also overseas, because the books, we do sell them internationally, and, like, we've got them in Spanish. So we've helped Romanian, Spanish, Greek rescues, you know, Singapore, Mm -hmm. like Street Dogs, uh, Mm -hmm. Soy Dogs, which is for uh, stopping the meat trade. So we We've given to lots of these different charities. Um, We've raised money for all different things. We did the Tough Mudder. We did that with Dodger, um, and that was for Battersea. So we do loads of charity work. We do have actually a Just Giving at the moment. So um, we are doing a walk every day on Instagram and Facebook. You can see Dodger and Shay's walk, and they're walking for the NHS. Right. And they've done it and they, they've got a Just giving page so you can help with that as well. Um, the latest book that's come out actually is about the air ambulance right. um, at the Royal London. So Dodger went in the air ambulance and Dodger is um, using that. The air ambulance shops are going to be selling that and, and they're getting it at cost. They're keeping all the profit. Right. So that got a bit waylaid, you know, because of COVID. But as we're coming out now, there should be quite a big sort of release of that book and it should be have quite a lot of publicity. Yeah. But Dodger actually went in the air ambulance on top of the Royal London Hospital. It was pretty high and it was very cold that day, but it was wow. a great experience. So buying his books, but buying his soft toys in particular and supporting his charity work is always good. So where can people see all that? Where can they? So you can go on, so Dodger's got a website, which is Um, www.dodgerdog.co.uk. Dodger's got Facebook and Instagram. It's at I Love Dodger Dog, so you can look him up on that. Yeah. And um, on Just Giving, you can also, Karen G, Dodger Dog and his Just Giving page comes up. Right. That he's been working on throughout the whole of the pandemic. Yeah. And um yeah, and also you can on his, we've just literally populated some markets that we're gonna be at. So if anyone's in Sittingbourne or East London, Walthamstow, Folkestone, yeah. we get yeah. about and then when the events open, we um we'll be all over the place, hopefully. Yeah. We also visit schools and we do visit like different places where you know people invite us so if people are interested like in um us coming and reading a story in the school dodger meeting the children so he has done a couple of he's done two visits during lockdown that were covid safe but yeah coming out of it now it'll they'll be able to have more visits and we yeah you can look at everything on our facebook pages and on our you can see what we get up to brilliant and um you can invite and we don't charge so if we go to your school and we we sell our books but we don't make a charge it's all free
1: oh wonderful wonderful thank you for that i'll obviously will include all of that in the show notes as well so tell us a bit about your coaching business then karen
0: so i i do coaching with a tool now I don't know if you've heard of Myers-Briggs MBTI oh yes oh yeah Yeah. very much so so, I'm a licensed practitioner for that so for people who don't know it's psychometric profiling based on the work of Carl Jung and it explains to you about yourself it's about self-awareness and it helps you to make sure that you spend your time doing things that you are fulfilled and that you enjoy and that you don't you don't try to focus on doing things that you don't like if you have things that you don't like that you have to do then we work around how you can change your thought patterns or change what you do yeah. like work to to achieve things you know in a balanced way yeah. so I use that and I do different talks or different um i do yeah talks and events i do team events i have individual clients and um again if anyone's interested a good place we've got karen um we've got what's it sorry www.gdevelopment.co.uk but karen g if you, if anyone's on linkedin um mm. please you know connect with me say that you saw me on the podcast and um, you can see the recommendations and the videos and so the things. I've had that business yeah. in eight years now.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. And and so how do you split your time? Because, you know, this is the challenge. I mean, lots of people out there doing multiple different things and it's always a challenge to how you prioritise your time yeah. between different projects. How do you manage that?
0: Um. I suppose I just try to structure my week, sit down and and work out what what I can do when. Um, like even then, when I started working at the vaccine centre, um, what I did was I chose the day um, that I could. I, I would normally go to the hospital, so that yeah. when things went back, and someone's ringing me now. Again, I'm just trying to – right, I sent her a message, sorry. <laughs> right, so, um yeah, I try to keep things structured. So, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays I go to the morning in the vaccine centre, but yeah. I used to always go to the hospital visits with Dodger. So right. I try to keep things so that they can be um organised. So Mondays I used to network and do lots of admin. Then weekends I would always be at events. Um so I see clients in the evenings or sometimes I used to see the Mondays, Wednesdays. So I, I keep certain days free and I try to block out chunks of time. Right. But I do that and, I, and I, that's one of the things that a lot of people need coaching with. I, I help people make business plans, model weeks, yeah. um, because it's important to have structure and that's yeah. why I tried to keep that during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds great. And and with the Myers-Briggs stuff that you do, do you do workshops and things or do people just take the tests or how does that work? Well, they
0: they take the test but then they have the, they they have two hours coaching which explains the tests with them. That's right. normally how we start. But right. I do workshops. I've done mini workshops. I've done lots of different things over the years with it. But yeah. what works best is that if if I have a coaching client, then they have to have either had Myers-Briggs done in the past or do the Myers-Briggs. Yeah. And then what they do, they buy a block of coaching sessions and they can use one of them for the debrief of the Myers-Briggs yeah. or they can just buy a package which is – the profile and and the the debrief,
1: right. so
0: and then but most people that it's not often that people only do the Myers Briggs. They tend to do it and then continue coaching. And then when yeah. they're having the coaching, we work on you know their thoughts, their feelings, their behaviours, and what they're doing. Right. And then we help them to understand. Like I do lots of things, and and if I didn't have good time management, then it would just collapse all around me. Yeah. So we get people to talk about what's collapsing and really it sort of would probably link into what their profile tells them. So right. for me I used to be a person who was like reckless and late and like just whatever fly by the seat of my pants. And that's right. what my profile says that I do. But because I learned to understand myself I yes. have to force myself to be organised, or force myself to work in a certain way. So yes. it's about self development with an understanding of if you don't develop, what's going to be the impact on your your life and your business?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fa- fascinating. I mean, I didn't. It's Myers Briggs. Just remind me. Is those with the four letters you get? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm – I can't remember, but I'm like a – I might get this wrong. I'll have to look back now to see when I did it. It must be years ago, but like F-N-T-J – N-T-J rings a bell, N-T-J, something like that. Does that make sense? So it's right. So, yeah,
0: it does. So I'm an ENFP, okay. which is extroverted, intuition, feeling – and perceiving yeah so you have two letters and you you're not one and not any of the other you're just a lead with one yeah that's right So if you're an e you've you you've got extroversion which is where you like to mix with people get thoughts chat things through if you've got introversion you like to contemplate procrastinate think before you then maybe ask someone else what they think. So you're either an e, e or an I. Yeah. And I, then, think,
1: I think I'm an ENTJ from memory. Now, now you've said that. Okay, ENTJ. so that would
0: be then an N is about intuition. Right. And then you, you've got an N and an S, and the S is sensing. So right. intuition is futuristic global outlook, what it could be. Yeah. And an S is that's what it is. It's black and white. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you've got the T and the F. Well, thinking and feeling. Do you make your decisions on logic with your head or do you make them on emotion with your heart? Right. Right. And then you've got your J and your P. So your yeah. J is about planning, knowing what you're going to do, not yeah. having any surprises completely understanding what's expected and what you're going to do, making decisions quite quickly, liking to get closure on a decision so you yeah. know where you are. Yeah. where uh, And that's what you are then. And so then me, that's yeah. me, you know, that's the one I've had to work on to be more like you because yeah. I'm like fly by the seat of my pants. Can I fit this in in this minute? Yeah, I can. Oh, that's going to make me late. Or <laughs> can oh. I wait and do this, <laughs> you know, and, and it's about going with the flow, you know, not... Yeah. No decision before you're really ready to make that decision, and then you could just go off and do something last minute, you don't need to have it planned. So it's it's it is so fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is so fascinating and scarily accurate. Yeah, I know. And yeah, so I'm definitely ENTJ. That that's that now, now you've said all that and described it, that's me absolutely 100 percent and the thing is i haven't changed i mean it's years nah, you, though, yeah. since i did that and it's just who you are isn't it it's yeah. just that's how yeah. you've been conditioned how you'll live your life and you're right if if there is areas you need to work on then yeah <clears> you just got to be aware of it haven't you mm. yeah yes. you have
0: to and you have to own it and take own responsibility it. for it yeah
1: I like so that. what
0: Carl Jung says, what irritates us about others actually teaches us more about ourselves. I know, I know.
1: (laughs) My wife and I have this standing kind of thing that we do when, you know, one of us says, oh, such and such. It says, well, I don't like that person because of this, you know, or look at him or her, she's done this. It says, well... What part of that is it reminding of yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. So what happens is um, things that we're less of, other people leading on can irritate us as well. But sometimes people are doing something that we do, but it just irritates us because maybe it's, it's one of our qualities that we're not so keen on. So when we see other people doing it, We don't understand that that's how people might feel at that time when they hear or see us doing it because probably it is an irritating
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, it's a fascinating subject and I think it's such a a great, like, balance with what you're doing with Dodger and that work, you know, helping kids understand themselves better. And educating them and then helping adults as well mm. well adults are still kids aren't they but using an adult tool <laughs> to help adults understand themselves better as well so I think it's beautiful combination of the two things that you're doing Karen you're doing amazing work oh bless you thank you very much yeah for your amazing. Kind work. no you're doing really amazing work and and it's good to see and it's you know, I mean, and who who doesn't love dogs and who doesn't want, you know, um, kind of staffies doing well in the world mm. as well, you know, and being educated about the breed mm. and using that breed to educate children. Uh, I, I think it's fabulous. When well, you, no when one really?
0: should be judged on their appearance, should they? I mean, it's just no one. Look at what's happening in America. It's yes. absolutely shocking. I mean, no one should be treated any differently or judged because of what they look like. No. And there is also another thing, actually, about the dog thing, you know, and animals. Mm. So um, people, humans, that... Um, perpetrate violence uh, murders tortures attacks of any description you know yeah. they, they they enjoy that and that they 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 feel a high and adrenaline rush you know when they cause pain when they kill when they yeah. all these things right they don't wake up generally one morning and just go off and do that right if you look back at their childhood they were pulling legs off spiders they were chasing pigeons they were putting rockets to cats tails they were killing whatever they they start to have this this sort of sadistic like this streak and it actually does start with animals it's not just about even the animals and stopping the cruelty. The fact is identifying animal cruelty, especially in young people, can be the start of getting them off of a road where, you know, violence becomes such a big part of their lives because the violence is is for pleasure in in gangs, in like torture, like a lot of these things is for pleasure. Dog fighting, it's for pleasure. So it's very important that we stop children and make them understand that you know a pet is needs to be loved needs to be nurtured and like i think that having pets teaches children about respect for animals about responsibility someone's waiting for them someone needs them someone has to be fed someone has yeah. to it's about teaching you skills that you're going to need you know yeah. when you grow up so yeah. I, I think it is but People who perpetrate violence, you look back and you'll see that they they've started with animals, dissecting frogs, even anything where you know killing and maiming gives it gives them pleasure. So it's actually pretty serious psychological stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, hundred percent right, and it 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 gets conditioned in to the mind and to the brain. Over a period of time when, as you say, they don't know any different. Mm. And they believe that's just the way it should be. Yeah, it becomes the norm. Becomes the norm, yeah. And I mean, we're all conditioned in some way, you know, for mm. different reasons, yeah, different yeah. things that we've been conditioned into. Some some are good, mm. but some are bad. I mean, I did some research 2013, I did an article for a journal, a psychology journal, to do with social media and how that's affecting everybody uh, in good and bad ways. But this article was looking at the bad ways. And I'd come across previously, actually, an experiment they did in the, I think it was in the 60s or maybe even earlier, which was a really bad experiment was showing children uh it was an adult hitting a doll mm. uh physically and um children were watching and then they put the children in the room they were watching through a window and then they children went into the room and they just replicated what that adult did mm. they weren't shown what to do but they just copied yeah. and replicated it.
0: But that's even about how you talk to people. It's about respect. If your parents don't say please and thank you, if they're aggressive, if you see them fighting, if you see them drunk, if you see your mother being, you know, beaten, like these are things that stay with you and they affect you in different ways. Now, not everyone becomes a drunk or a wife beater, but Mm -hmm. a lot do. But, yeah. but you might become quite aggressive or quite withdrawn. You, you could not reach your full potential through the way that you've been raised and the things that you've seen. So yeah. it's important that we try to make children understand that they have a voice and that they need to speak up and without saying it, but not. You know, your parent isn't maybe always right depending on what their behaviours are or addictions or health conditions or mental health especially. So we need to get kids to kind of not grow up too soon, definitely, but to understand right and wrong. And it doesn't matter who the person is. It can be someone that you love. It can be someone close to you. But what they're doing might be wrong. So it's mm. about that really, but in a gentle sort of way that they learn it from for themselves. Because after all, as a coach, you don't tell people, you get people to explore stuff. Same as Samaritans, we, we don't give advice. We get mm. people to explore feelings and explore stuff and yeah. then make their decision over what they want. It's called yeah. self-determination. It's about we are the captain of our ship
1: yeah so yeah fantastic stuff. we 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 could chat about it for hours <laughs> i know we have it's been so fascinating to hear your story and all the things that you're doing and again i'll repeat amazing work oh thank you you you've shared some websites and social media handles already are there any that we need to mention in addition to those
0: Uh, not really. I mean, I think if you put Karen G and Dodger Dog or Karen G development anything, I pop up all over the shop. So I think I'm kind
1: of um, yeah, SEO is working, it's work, it's doing something, yeah. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, I'll include all of those anyway in the notes, and uh, hopefully people can. Google you and get involved, everybody. Get involved with Dodger Dog. Get involved with uh, Myers-Briggs. Um, highly recommended. Um, Karen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No, um,
0: and uh, I don't know, where. where is that Dodger? Dodger. Dodger. Hold on.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Let's get him. He won't get up. All right.
1: Here he is. Oh, hello, Dodger. He's cutting in and out. Yeah, I can see him. Oh, you see you're him? gorgeous. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I can see him. Oh. the chair. And
0: then yeah. this is She's
1: the one who's deaf. Oh. <laughs> her background, her
0: backgrounds are a bit of a nightmare, actually. But, yeah, there you go. They're real. Oh, maybe I should to turn the thing back. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <laughs> real.
1: That's brilliant. Thank you for showing
0: those. No, thank you for having us. And um, enjoy, everybody, enjoy the rest of
1: your day. And you too, Karen. Take care. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.